This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illinois Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper here at State Farm Center where Illinois basketball bounces back from uh, a not so good feeling loss to Indiana at home with a 69-60 win over Ohio State. Didn't feel that close, uh, but Ohio State had 8-0 run to make the score look a little closer, but a pretty dominant defensive performance for Illinois and a pretty dominant home victory over Ohio State team that is reeling. And Chris Holtman uh, doesn't sound like he's that positive about his team right now. But Derek Piper, certainly Brad Underwood feels good about his team. I don't think he was panicked after that Indiana game. I don't think you and I were panicked about that. Uh, but there certainly was more credence to the theory that maybe his team w- was a little tired. Uh, I don't know if they beat Indiana with this kind of performance, but I think they have a good chance to. Uh, but obviously this shows that Indiana out of the last six games they played uh, is an outlier, but a nice bounce back performance from Illinois. What stood out for you, Derek? Yeah, it was a really nice win against a team that was ranked higher than you in the net rankings coming in. It was a quad one win that you put on your resume. And it was defensively against a team that was seventh in the country coming in, offensive efficiency rating in the country in Ohio State, some talented offensive pieces. Bryce Sensabaugh has been the freshman of the year in the Big Ten and, and one of the best out there in the country, a projected lottery pick. And he has his worst game offensively in like six or seven weeks. Coleman Hawkins did a great job driving the primary assignment. We've seen Coleman in the past against – Keegan Murray against Ron Harper Jr. of really being able to make those guys have tough nights. And I thought his length was something that bothered Bryce. He blocked a handful of shots uh, and really just Illinois in general, being able to contest around the paint, not give up layups. We know they gave up 50 some points in the paint against Indiana. They they were tougher tonight. They, They made it hard for Ohio State to get to the rim. And when they got there in that lane, they really contested well with their length and continues to be a team that can block a lot of shots. And Ohio State just never really got in a rhythm. And and outside of that early stretch where I know there was a a transition three for McNeil early and then Ohio State got some offensive rebounds that gave some uh, second chance points. Outside of that, didn't seem like a whole lot came easy for them. So for that defensive effort to to come together, for them to pack more of a punch with their their physicality, with their energy, showed that they were well-rested and they did uh, rise to the occasion. Like Brad said, you know, they, they were maybe fatigued against Indiana and had to bounce back and show that that was actually a factor and, and, and rise to the challenge tonight. And then it was great for what you thought to be your big three going into the year and Shannon, Meyer, and Hawkins all to have really good games. Yeah, I mean, we, we said it after the Indiana game. They were punked in that game, whether it was energy, whether it was intensity, all those different things. Uh, Indiana was just more physical. Now, of course, they have Trace Jackson Davis. Ohio State doesn't have a player like that. Even though Zed Key was healthy tonight, um, 
He did not look great, and Illinois had a big re- part of that, Derek. But they were just – there was more effort. There was more energy. There was more intensity, and there was more toughness. And we'll get into Coleman Hawkins, what a big performance this was for him. But you saw it from him. You saw it from Ty Rogers with eight rebounds in, in 15 and a half minutes. Matthew Meyer with eight rebounds. Terrence Shannon – with seven rebounds in this game. They were just more physical uh, on the interior. And then the defensive game plan worked. We saw it against Indiana. They want to force tough twos. Indiana made a lot of those. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis was was allowed to go one-on-one, and that did not work. Tonight, we saw Zed Key get doubled at one play. Uh, they didn't have to go to that very often because they were so good defensively, and Zed Key wasn't in the game all that much. Uh, but th- this defensive length, Derek was really impressive. Their toughness on the ball. They fouled a little bit, right? They, they got in foul trouble there a little bit, especially with Dane Danger. But uh, I thought Coleman Hawkins, Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, uh, maybe even Ty Rogers towards the end of that game, like their length was pestering them because Ohio State only shot 10 threes. Um, I think that was really important for a team that can get really hot from three. They were 7 of 13 on layups. Most of that was in the second half. I think they were 1 for 4 in the first half. 11 for 37 on two-point jumpers. The math goes pretty well if you're getting 22 points on 37 jumpers. Definitely. And, yeah, that's been something here that Illinois establishes. They've been a top 20, top 25 team, two-point field goal defense, same range for block rate. And when you look at McNeil, again, outside of an early three, he only took two on the night. And a lot of his attempts were like, runners or you know kind of off the dribble jumpers there in that mid-range that were they're off balance and, and contested and he's a guy that can really get going from three I mean he's in that range of like an Andrew Funk some of the the rare shooters in this league that can can get on a heater and really hurt you and Illinois didn't give him an opportunity to do so it's one of the few games that Bryce Sensible hasn't made a three and he didn't get really any open catch and shoot look so that was great and then Zed, I mean, they battled him. Dane didn't have a, a great offensive night or a slow starting one, at least. There was a point there early in the second half that both Zed and Dane were scoreless. But for, for Zed to come in two for eight, we know his his physicality around the, the basket, uh, how he can impact the offensive glass. And for him to only have three rebounds in 24 minutes and foul out, uh, that was good to see. And uh, Justice Suing had, had some points that he made up late. He had a, a pretty rough night for the most part. Uh, likely was going downhill, but really had a tough time finishing. And and you're, you'll settle with him. He, he's kind of an offensively erratic player. He had a, a season best game against Iowa, but outside of that, he's been a someone that you want taking shots. So for him to to take eight and for them to run offense through him and kind of limit those other dangerous pieces, uh, that was a really good showing. And it, it shows again the upside of this team with their defense. And, and it it starts there. I know you wrote about it in the quick hits of of the the ceiling and the key to that is being a consistent defensive team because of how much length and athleticism and, and just what this team can do to you defensively. And they, they showed it tonight against a high caliber offense. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up McNeil there because he had five points early in this game, right? The first minute or two uh, and he ends up with seven. And a guy I want to point out is RJ Melendez. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, not a good offensive performance, but if you're going to read my quick hits later, he's going to have a higher grade than you probably imagine uh, because he played 31 minutes, was a plus 13 when he was on the court and McNeil only got two threes up. That That's that's huge, because if he gets going, this Ohio State team uh, is, is much better. Uh, but certainly, Derek, Matthew Meyer is really locked in w- with his energy, what he's given defensively, certainly was healthy after being sick, but. Coleman Hawkins, man, uh, it was just so impressive. And we've seen this 
from Coleman Hawkins in the past, right? Like what he did to Keegan Murray to, to clinch a Big Ten championship last year, Ron Harper shutting him down. I believe that game was here last mm-hmm. year. Uh, we've seen those performances from Coleman Hawkins, but he helped shut down Sensabaugh along with Terrence Shannon, and then he went on key, and, and he couldn't get anything over him. Uh, Isaac, Isaac Likely uh, really struggled to finish around the rim. I think part of that's Meyer, part of that's Hawkins. Those guys combined for f- – five blocks, but as Michael Tulip tweeted out after this game, like there were so many contests uh, around the rim and even contests on these two point jumpers, the the length of, of Coleman Hawkins and just the defensive prowess that I don't think we've seen consistently this year from Coleman w- was huge tonight. Yeah. It's been a while that we've kind of brought up him as being a standout performer defensively. He's got that ability on, on any given night and, and he definitely rises to the occasion against some of these marquee matchups. You know, he kind of admitted that when you see someone like Sensabaugh who's a, a projected first round pick, one of the top scorers in the league, that his eyes light up when he gets a chance to, to shut him down, knowing what kind of impact that would make for his team. So uh, yeah, his his mobility, his length bothered Sensabaugh. He was able to, to block his shot. Uh, it didn't let Sensabaugh's physicality uh, knock him off his spots and, uh, allow for fouls and, and anything like that. So uh, that was one of the examples that lines up there with Keegan Murray last year here in this building when he he did a fantastic job. Same with Ron Harper, where the next level is going to look at that and say, man, uh, with the, the skill set potential that there, is there offensively and just the, but it is, it, it does kind of, it starts with defense. And, and that's really where his breakout last year started. And sometimes I think that he might have even forgotten that. The, the keys to him building off of last year is number one, defense, number two, kind of effort and energy plays and, and doing, you know, chipping in here and there offensively. But uh, tonight he was dialed in, he was engaged. It shows how much he means to this team. And then offensively, I mean, six assists, one turnover. He'll take that any night. He made some good decisions, made some good passes. Uh, he, and he also went down into the lane. Like he, he actually used the pump fake to his advantage. Like you said, at one point during the game, he was able to to get guys in the air and finish around the basket. The, the three ball is still something that's inconsistent for him. And he'll have some nights where he buries four or five. He's, he's hit six in a game. Uh, tonight it was one for five. But uh, I know we've been talking about kind of the overall importance of Coleman Hawkins to this team. I was scrolling through Ken Palm. And in games where he has an offensive rating of 100 or higher, Illinois is 10 and one. When he has below 100, they're one and five. So if you want to think about kind of the key of, of what Coleman Hawkins you're going to get on a given night and what that means for Illinois, uh, that that might tell the story there. Yeah, there, there were a couple guys, um, national guys here, and one of them was Jeremy Wu, Sports Illustrated, was here to see Bryce Sensabaugh, right? And Coleman shined. And I, I think sometimes the NBA draft conversation, Illinois fans are like, what? Why is Coleman Hawkins being mentioned that? And to be honest, sometimes we watch games. It's like, that's not an NBA draft pick. Uh, but then you have nights like tonight, and you see Sam Vecini, who's as high on Coleman Hawkins. Uh, he's the athletic NBA draft writer. We have his tweet here on the live YouTube. He said, a lot of really strong flashes from Illinois. Big Coleman Hawkins on defense tonight against Bryce Sensabaugh. Really killer defensive game from him. And I agree. Uh, this is kind of like, and I have across our bottom line here, the curious case of Coleman Hawkins. There are nights, Derek, he doesn't look like a draft pick. Then there are nights he looks like a first-round NBA draft pick, like one of the best players in the Big Ten, and it doesn't come from points. 
right? It, it comes from all these other little things that he does that does translate incredibly well for the NBA level. A six foot ten big that can pass like he does, six assists tonight. Um, the highlight play of the game was probably his passing up an oop, a nice pass from Terrence Shannon and giving it to Ter- Ty Rogers for an even better look uh, at a dunk. But nine rebounds tonight, that's that's the stuff you want to see, some tough stuff around the glass. Uh, and we know he can shoot every once in a while. It didn't translate tonight, one of six. But his pump fakes did work tonight. But all these skills are skills that do translate to the NBA. He's just got to find consistency. And I asked Brad Underwood today, um, what is the key to consistency for Coleman Hawkins? Here's what he said. Does anybody, what's the key for consistency, which I know is difficult, but what, what does consistency look like for him? You know, I think that that uh, Coleman's really talented, so I think it's going to be uh, he's going to have a night where he makes five threes. He's going to have a night where, um, you know, he's I, I've said this for two years now. I think he's a lockdown defender. I think that he's, you know, I always go back to the Keegan Murrays and the Ron Harpers games last year, and uh, you know, and again tonight, and most of those guys had off nights facing him. That's the consistency. I don't want to. I don't want to level consistency for him or judge it based on what he does on the offensive side. I think that uh, uh, he has nights where he makes shots. He has nights when when he assists and facilitates. But but that consistency on the defensive side and his rebounding. We talked a lot in the last two days about him really getting back aggressive on the glass, um, and he did that tonight. Yeah, Derek, and I, I think I wrote a story with him. I talked to him about, hey, what, what's your focus? And he brought up defense and, and being Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he's played to that level this year. I still think he's capable of it. Uh, I don't think he's been consistent on that end this year. I don't think he's been consistent just doing the little things of getting rebounds, being tough. Uh, and I think that's the next step. He's never had to be the star of a team. And while Terrence Shannon kind of takes that scoring load off him, he can still be – the, the star of this team because he does everything else or he can do everything uh, at really, really well. Um, so that's where I think, man, if this kid clicks with consistency, he can be one of the best players in the Big Ten. He just doesn't do it consistently yet. But tonight's another flash of what he is capable of. Yeah, it's another one of those high points. And a guy that when you have the ceiling that Coleman does, you're going to have the, the ability to have some NBA guys, you know, tweeting about you and, and wanting to put you in mock drafts and everything. It's the steadying influence over a strong or a long stretch of games that is the difference between someone that is a solidified star, someone that you can rely on night in and night out, and versus a, a guy like Coleman, at least to this point, that's been too up and down. He's, he's had games where he hurts you more than he helps you. We, we've seen that uh, too many times, honestly, and, and that's kind of – the thing that you're wondering if that flips as you go through the second half of the season, as you of course get into the postseason play. But I mean, you just look one game ago against Geronimo and Geronimo was, was beating him up, was physical with him. Uh, Coleman didn't have a good time defending Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, I mean, you can say that's not maybe the best matchup for him, but uh, I, I didn't like, you know, early on that Geronimo just cuts down the lane, catches layup and, and Coleman's on him. And it's like, Oh, this guy's supposed to be someone that, that shuts people down or, or he, he bullies him for a basket. Coleman did a better job tonight of, of being up for the challenge, uh, of being able to handle physicality uh, once again. And he's been someone, too, that uh, has gotten a little bit of uh, – he jumps on pump fakes sometimes. And yeah. uh, he, he just has to be more steady. And I think that's just kind of 
the the goal for him is to be someone that you can rely on night in and night out, even if it's beyond just the shot making. If it's just we know he's going to play great defense. We know he's going to pass and have a better assist to turnover and, and play with really good effort. I think that was something that late last season it was like Coleman's everywhere. Like Coleman's yeah. all over this court. And it, it wasn't just like, oh, it was, you know, through the legs and facilitating. It was he's just playing his butt off and he's defending. And then everything after that's an added bonus. Yeah, um, I, I just think he can be so dang good. Uh, and, and if he can find that consistency, uh, this team can take off. Because I, I think when he plays well, this team usually plays ever well. Um, and you said he's there, here, he's there, he's everywhere. I want to do a Roy Kent from Ted Lasso for you Ted Lasso fans <laughs> out there. All right, Derek, looking at the box score here a little bit. Obviously, Terrence Shannon really got him going offensively. Just got to the free throw line. And, hey, the free throw line helps Illinois tonight as they shoot 16 for 18 from the line Ohio State shoots uh, 12 of 20 uh, and it really hurt them in key parts of this game uh, but I thought Terrence Shan did a really good job of that I just think Matthew Meyer you talk about steady man outside of the Indiana game he's been probably your MVP over the last month right I mean Terrence yeah. Shan's really good but he's just been steady offensively and, and really probably even more so impressively defensively given what he was defensively early in this game, but 12 and eight from him, two block shots. He's been really good on help defense. His recovery and defense has been great. Um, so yeah, th those Baylor transfer or the, the big 12 transfers really stepped up tonight. Yeah. I know Holtman mentioned that the lift that the big 12 transfers are giving you. And to your point, like outside of the, the game that Myers sick against Indiana, he scored otherwise in, the last he scored double figures in the last like nine high major games yeah. outside of Indiana. Like the fact that he is someone that night in and night out, you're relying on to go up and make some baskets. I think that uh, again, you see some of his free throws, you see the offensive rebounds that he's getting the energy that he's playing with is great. Uh, he's able to step up and make threes when he doesn't need a whole lot of space. He can kind of make those big momentum shifting shots or, or just kind of, you're starting to feel the buzz in the in the building. Then Meyer hits a three, and then you know, the, the opponent needs a timeout, and this place gets rocking. So uh, he he has been as impactful as anybody uh, within the last four to five weeks defensively because of the the, the block shots, the effort plays. Uh, I still think Terrence over the long course of the season has been the best defender on this team. But uh, yeah, Meyer ha has been something that's become a consistent hang your hat on type of thing. And, and yeah, Shannon, there were some moments and you know, we could talk about like this team chucked too many threes. You look at five for 28 and uh, things had, there, there were times with this team had stretches where things weren't very pretty offensively, but Shannon could, could get downhill, draw a foul, get to the free throw line. And when I made the free throws tonight, so it's kind of those prevent the long droughts. I know you see one yeah. there on the screen, but that, that was yeah. in, in garbage time. Uh, the long droughts, because you can get to the line, Shannon brings that. And then in transition, like you look at the fast break points, Whew. 16 I was I was going through the game notes, 16 fast break points. That's the most Illinois had in a high major game all year. So mm -hmm. like being able to complement that with, with running some good spread and ball movement, that, that's where the offense yeah. can uh, take another step. Yeah, the offensive numbers took a hit over those last four minutes. Uh, and there were times there. They chucked too many threes. Uh, what they end up today, 21 of – or 19 of 31 from two, so about 65% there and 17 18% from three. Like, they, they got into that a little bit tonight. Terrence Shannon chucked a few up there. Um, I, I thought at times they 
they fell in love with that a little bit too much. But when they did get downhill, when they got stops and got rebounds and pushed in transition, I mean, 44 to 30 uh, in the rebound numbers is is huge. And that that helps you get those those transition buckets. And then you limited Ohio State to one, a, a free throw. Um, so a fantastic job there. We also got to bring up, Derek, uh, a little change to the, the starting lineup is, is Jade Neps gets his second start of the season, first since the Alabama A&M game uh, on December 17th. I think we're expecting this at some point. And Brad Underwood basically said, yes, put more pressure on opposing team defenses uh, because Jaden Epps over Sincere Harris offensively is, is a huge upgrade. Not the most efficient night for Jaden. Um, five of 13, two of eight from three. But he did have 14 points, right? And he had some big buckets. I thought mm-hmm. him getting to the to the lane and getting fouled and getting a couple of free throws at the end of the first half was a key moment because Ohio State was kind of punching back. And then to get an eight-point lead going into halftime, I thought that was a big moment. He's got some times where he's got some of those takes uh, to the rim that, that really stifle another team's run or just give Illinois a big boost. Definitely, yeah. That was a, a key moment there where Ohio State got a couple buckets and we're starting to, to stem the tide for Illinois at the end of that first half and the downhill drive. And he's just fearless on those. Like he he goes into the lane. Uh, he's not afraid to hunt contact. He does a good job with his finishes for the most part. Uh, hit a couple of big corner threes. Then uh, the old off the back uh, inbounds pass to himself that he had. Yeah. It's just a guy that's becoming more and more comfortable. He's had some moments where he turns the ball over. He'll make a bad decision uh, offensively. But it, it just seemed – like the right thing to do to, to hand the keys over to Jade and say, let's not, you know, let's not hold back from this anymore. Let's take the training wheels off. You're our starting point guard. Here's the keys go out and, and be that for us. And I think that for the most part, yeah, you'll take, you'll take 14 points. Uh, it did take 13 shots to get it, but I think in general, you like the way that he's trending um, and, and hope that he can just continue to, to settle in and grow and, and know that, it's it is there in his hands. Not not to put too much pressure because obviously Terrence can make plays off the bounce. Meyer, the spread offense doesn't put too much pressure on a point guard. It, it kind of is is balanced in terms of passing and ball handling. But just to let Jaden go out there and and be be that guy, I think it's a is the right move. Yeah, he's the best point guard on the team. If you want to call him point guard, he's not. You know, Terrence Shannon's probably the best. You know, guard off the dribble, of uh, creating for others on this team. Coleman's the best passer probably on this team, but uh, Jaden Epps is the best lead guard on this team. So it made sense. And talking about consistency, seven of the last nine games is a double-digit score, right? Brad's talked about we need 10 to 15 from him every night. He's starting to do that. Um, he's an all-freshman team kind of guard. Like, he's not in the freshman of the year conversation, but for a really good team, uh, he's playing really well there. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal for him to be able to provide that scoring punch. It, it just complements Terrence and, and Matt and uh, if Dane when he when he's going. So, uh, yeah, he, he is one of the better freshmen in the league in, in general. And uh, I know a lot of Atlanta fans are just thinking kind of about the future of what that, that guy's going to look like. But you just want to hope that he continues to build on this, get into the tournament. It, it is – tough when you can have a freshman point guard again you're not you're not maybe putting the ball in his hands possession after possession but uh like the way that he's he's responded i think he's been better than expected overall in general and uh at 31 32 minutes tonight he's a he's a high high volume minutes guy and uh, he's he's definitely going to be learning through these these wars in the Big Ten. Similar, you know, throw to the fire like a Trent Frazier freshman year. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's done some similar things in terms of just being a bucket and a guy that you can go go have you go get one. 
Yeah, and like Trent Frazier, I think he struggles a little bit defensively early in his career. He actually Trent actually struggled a little early defensively in his yeah. career, guys. Uh, but I think Jaden's going to get better and better. He's strong. Uh, he's strong enough, uh, just a little undersized. And, you know, I think uh, once he gets more accustomed to this with Chester Frazier, uh, he'll be just fine on that end. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The other freshman that stepped up in a huge way is Ty Rogers. Uh, what an impact tonight. This arguably, given that this was one of the better opponents he's played well against, Eric, might have been his best performance. Four points, did biff a layup. Uh, great pass. I think it was Coleman uh, that had that pass. But uh, four points, eight rebounds in 15 and a half minutes tonight. He is their best rebounder. Like is he is so good on the glass, and I think that is so big for their defense, Derek. Um, we don't talk about how good of a defense, like rebounder, you have to be to be a good defender, but he is such a good rebounder, such good energy, uh, and and you see the explosive athlete he is around the rim after that Coleman pass, like, um, and then getting up and getting some of these rebounds, uh, and then he can battle defensively. So, what do you think's clicked for Ty Rogers? It was just translating what he's done against Minnesota and Nebraska to a, a higher level of opponent, a bigger game. And, and to be able to go out there tonight, and I thought – I wrote my preview. I thought that Illinois was really going to have to answer the challenge of physicality. Uh, obviously, Ty has that where he's built not like a freshman when he's six foot six. He's, he's, uh, he's very strong. He's athletic. And to show the energy, I, I think he's thinking less in general. I think he's playing with more confidence – uh, he understands what his role is. So uh, those have, those things have helped him to be able to play maybe a little bit more free or just more channeled uh, and, and where he's going to put his, his energy. But, yeah, I mean, this is something that we've heard since the fall or, or Brad was saying the early practices that Ty was leading them in rebounding. Uh, you can see the way he gets up. I mean, he's got a great vertical. He gets up on that on that dunk that, that was, was the play of the night and one of the plays here of the season where – Terrence throws a lob to Coleman and Coleman taps it back to Ty and Ty goes for the the dunk, which was great. So um, he's athletic. He's strong. We know that he's he's tenacious, that he has a high motor. I mean, those are things that he brought throughout his high school career and were really the, the things that we all tabbed coming into this season. So to do it against someone like an Ohio State that, I, you know, has a Justice Suing, a, a sense of ball, a Zed Key, a, a Likely. I mean, those guys are all physical dudes and, and, and strong guys. So um, I, I love his energy. I think that the offensive game, you, you'll take a couple buckets here and there. I'm not too worried about it. I think that uh, his passing can still uh, play a little bit more uh, as as things go along because that was something that really showed out for him, Team USA and and in the EYBL and everything. Uh, it, it was a nice little Olajuwon hook in the lane or whatever it was. I think that he was maybe a little fortunate that that went down, but it was a, it was a bucket and it counted. So. 
but yes, it's the energy, it's the defense, it's the rebounding that you really like and, and hope that he can continue to build on. I don't want to bury the lead here, Derek. Second straight game. Weeb season. <laughs> what a nice little two minutes for Brandon Weeb. Hey. Two two games in a row here, man. Uh, finishes uh, a bucket, which was a great pass by Terrence Shannon. But well, he does a great job keeping the ball up and use that seven foot uh, wingspan and, and get up and get the bucket. But a block, he really had two blocks. Ty Rogers followed underneath him. Um, so look at Brandon Lee, man, getting some trust and building off it and and giving two solid minutes for Illinois, where he's a zero in the plus minus. Like that is a great thing uh, for Brandon Lee as Dane Danger gets in foul trouble yet again. You're driving the leave season bus, and I'm running behind it. Uh, I, I'll, I'll put I'll put myself out there. Like uh, when he we checked in there, and he was matched up with Zed Key. I, you did I a like, dockage. You did I a did. dockage. I said, "Let me put it right on the record now. I don't like this matchup. I don't think this is going to go well." And immediately he blocks Bryce Sensiball, and then would have had his second block if Ty Rogers wouldn't have fouled him. <laughs> Hey, a guy that once again didn't hurt you, looked like he actually belonged on the court out there. And I mean, Zed's a physical dude. Obviously, yeah. Sensiball is um, seven foot. It plays. It was really good timing on the shot block. Uh, he didn't foul. And then, yeah, in the pick and roll, he he gets served one up inside. And, and like you said, he, he got the ball out of his hands quick and, and didn't bring it down or anything. And Look, when you're the, the third big man in a rotation, it's sometimes going out there and, and doing the little things. And, hey, he, he looks like he belongs in a Big Ten game, which is something different than we've seen here in, in years past. And happy for Brandon. Yeah, good good for Brandon. All right, Derek, you go on the road now to Wisconsin. Never an easy place to win, but I just looked it up before the game. Illinois won two straight there, right? The I.O. game where they finally get over the hump and, and win that game. And uh, then they – was it the – Demetric Trice go off, and they mm-hmm. almost came back, and yeah. Wisconsin almost won that game, but Illinois found a way to win. And Illinois, Illinois didn't have Io in that one. That was yeah. after the uh, the broken nose, right? Yeah, so Illinois uh, has won five straight against Wisconsin, and this is a Wisconsin team that now has Tyler Wall back. You, you were fortunate that Tyler Wall wasn't in that game. I still think you probably win that game, but it, it might be a little bit different. But there's a Wisconsin team that has not played well uh, since Illinois beat them. That is now four or five that they have lost, including a road game at Northwestern. Their one win is against Penn State. They got uh, beat in close game uh, at Cole Center by Michigan State. Uh, but they got Maryland tomorrow night, so quicker turnaround for them. But Illinois does get a couple days to prepare for Wisconsin, a team they beat, and a team that they're more talented than. It's just Wisconsin, you know, they're going to try and slow it down. You know they're going to try and really execute offensively, uh, and they play tough defensively, especially with Tyler Wallback. I do think that's pretty big for them defensively. What do you think about that matchup? Another big one for Coleman, who probably draws the Tyler Wall matchup. Uh, I think mean, that that's obviously something that where Wall in the the mid post can can back down and, and wants to use his great footwork, finishing around the basket. Uh, Coleman with his length can can bother him. Uh, I know that that's a a key to to look forward to going into that that game, but yeah, Wisconsin always tough at Cole Center. Like you said, though, Illinois has done a good job of, of going on the road and winning there. Uh, as you look there at Wisconsin, having lost four or five, I mean, the stretch they have coming up at Maryland, Illinois at home, and then at Ohio State, Wisconsin never goes away and dies. But if there were a stretch where they could lose six to seven or you know five five or seven, this would be it. So uh, I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, as we saw in the first matchup here, Shannon's athleticism 
is something that Wisconsin just can't handle. So I, I would once again look for that to play out and try to get Shannon downhill. Don't settle for the three too much. And that, that would be something I want to establish. And Dane's physicality, I think, inside against Crowell, though Crowell did a good job of scoring last time as well. Yeah, and I think just the length. Usually Wisconsin's been longer than Illinois outside of Kofi, right? So, like, that four position, Tyler Walsh killed Illinois a couple times. Like, that position's really hurt Illinois in the past um, when Kofi was here. But before Kofi, it was just the bigs for, for Wisconsin. But now I feel like Illinois has got that length where they can bother uh, someone like Tyler Wall. But I agree with you, Derek. Like, Coleman's got to bring that toughness. Like, I think that uh, is going to be big for them. But, Derek, as we, as we zoom out, Illinois won five of six. They're five and four in the Big Ten in that huge muddled mess that we call the Big Ten right now. Purdue's looks like it's going to run away with this league. I think Rutgers right now would be my second uh, best team in the Big Ten. I just love what they bring. Good, good win over Penn State today. Uh, but then it's Michigan with five wins, Illinois with five wins, Michigan State with five wins, and a bunch uh, of teams with four. Uh, just what do you make of, of what they've done over this last really month? As you look there on their Kempom page, it looks like your traditional January under Brad Underwood. <laughs> It looks like you see the the red in the non-conference or, or early on in the schedule, the first half of the year, and then they go on a run. And this has been – I know it's not that extended seven, eight-game winning streak, but even in the past when they've they've won four and they've dropped one, then maybe they win four or five again straight. Now we'll see if this team can actually establish that level of consistency. they got two tough road ones coming up. I think that's why tonight was so – pivotal of holding serve at your home on your home court which is always big but then knowing you're going on the road to wisconsin and iowa and back-to-back weekends so to insert themselves back into that middle of the pack and a chance to kind of get into if there's going to be a second tier that establishes outside of mm-hmm. yeah purdue at the very top and then rutgers kind of sitting there at that in that two hole um yeah i think that they can they can get there because right now it's a it's a mosh pit there in the middle and uh we'll, we'll see uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty wild, but for the most part, when, when the separation between like three or four and like yeah. 10 is like a game or two, that's pretty crazy. So yeah. it, it, everyone you can get and, and be able to stack up there and, and try to get some breathing room. Cause you, you imagine, I mean, we talked about like a top four finish in the league is probably a, a pretty nice seed there in the NCAA yeah. tournament. It's probably like a six seed or a seven seed at the very least. Right. I mean, uh, that would be something to, to really strive for and, getting a win at Wisconsin and coming home against Nebraska, that would put you in a good spot to really flip this thing around. Listen, Illinois wants to win four straight here. Get three of the next four. If you can steal one of these on the road at Wisconsin or Iowa and take care of business at home against Nebraska and Minnesota, which I think you should, um, I think you feel really good about where this team is heading. Feel good about them making the NCAA tournament, right? I don't. I, this is an NCAA tournament team, but like – Put that to bed if you if you win three of the next four because you're going to win a couple more games uh, to end the season. And then, you know, gives you a chance to, to be a top four team uh, in, in the Big Ten, which four straight years of doing that with some roster turnover, the losing All-Americans, uh, will be pretty impressive uh, for this program and Brad Underwood. All right, before we get out of here, let's take a, a few of you guys' questions on the live YouTube. Appreciate you guys uh, that join us on the live YouTube. More than 250 people on right now. Uh, I did see Joseph had a great question. Do you think we'll ever figure out what this team is? It is such a wild roller coaster ride. I, I will tell you, Joseph, yes, it is, but it is for 11 other teams in the Big Ten, Derek, right? Like night in, night out, unless you're Purdue or Minnesota. Purdue, you think you're going to win every night. Minnesota, you think you're going to lose every night. 
every other team, it, it's basically what team are we getting tonight? And it's kind of fun. It's entertaining to me uh, as a bystander, but I can understand as an Illinois fan, you think it's inconsistent, but I would say they are playing as consistent as they have this season so far with five of the last six. It's just that Indiana game uh, left a bad taste in your mouth. Understandably. So it's Indiana coming in and crushing you on your home court, but that is the outlier of the last six games. And you're going to have those in the big 10. Yeah, it's definitely the, the nature of the, the beast there in the big 10. I think it even you look around the country and you have some of those teams that we've tried to figure out who the, the best, you know, five to 10 teams are in the, in the country. And then, UConn loses like five in a row and, and Kansas drops three straight. Not to say that Illinois is on the level of of Kansas or or even like a you know UConn had separated themselves uh, you know, towards the top 10, 15 in, in the country. At one time, they're in the top five. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an Illinois team that because of the – I think it's a team that's still figuring it out. But so you wonder if they'll ultimately have the same consistency that we've grown accustomed to when you have Trent and Io and, and you have Kofi and – like you've said, and we talked about, like the defense. If that if that really is going to establish itself, maybe Illinois will. I mean, not that the, the Big Ten is always going to be tough, and you're going to have yeah. games when you go on the road that are be tough to pull off. But if this team can really establish that toughness, that that defensive uh, ability to shut teams down with their length, then I, maybe we can see them string together some more some more wins here and, and be more of a consistent entity. But uh, yeah, I think it is a team that's very interesting. They're they're up and down. Um, they're never not interesting. That, that's what yeah, I, that's the I motto of my, that's my motto for this team. They're never not interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of big 10 teams, but like outside of Purdue and Rutgers, like Michigan's got to be frustrated with their team. They're five and three in the big 10, but 11 and eight overall. Uh, I guess Northwestern's probably pretty happy about being four and three. And I would say Chris Collins certainly is to, to maybe stave off some hot seat talk. Michigan state's probably frustrated with 13 and seven. Uh, Indiana certainly was frustrated a couple of days ago. Maybe they feel like they're clicking now. Iowa is like Illinois, four and four right now. Um, I think they're capable of being as good as a team like Illinois. Um, Maryland has really hit a rough spatch here. I mean, look across the court tonight, Derek. Ohio State had top five Big Ten hopes and a similar roster to Illinois in that they had some guys coming back, but not many. Uh, good freshman class and a bunch of transfers, and it's not working out for them. Like, Chris Holtman did not like – Chris Holtman felt like – sounded like a guy who felt like he was on the hot seat tonight, which I think is crazy because he's got a top-five program in the Big Ten the last four or five years. Uh, but that's not going well. So, it's, it's sometimes it's nice to, to look across the way and see, oh, these other teams are probably more frustrated than Illinois and Illinois fans are. Right. Yeah, you look at Ohio State, they've dropped six to seven. And, and yeah, some of the, the Q&A tonight, uh, I guess – they might have to tell Chris Holman, look, your net ranking is still probably top 35. You're still probably okay. Right. You might still be, you know, like a seven or an eight seed at this point. But no doubt, you know, they've been, like you said, in a similar boat as Illinois of trying to piece this thing together with transfers, a, a talented freshman class and some holdovers. But obviously it's not going as well as, as what Illinois has done here recently. It's the exact opposite. In fact, when Illinois won five or six and uh, Ohio State's lost six or seven, uh, Indiana will see. I mean, they're starting to look like uh, yeah. the team why, you know, people pick them at the very top of the league. Uh, yeah, I know. And uh, Race Thompson only played four minutes against Michigan State, but him coming back earlier than people expected. Uh, and Trace has been unreal oh. here recently. So uh, they could they could make it to where their fans are feeling pretty good here in a couple yeah. of weeks if they keep this thing going. But, yeah, I mean, 
for the most part, anything in that, that three to to 11 range is just a, a mosh pit and, and a lot of, a lot of teams that are, are maybe displeased or, or just too up and down or, you know, Iowa had won four in a row before getting smacked it in Columbus and they gave 50, yeah. gave up 56 points in the second half. So uh, it is a, a, a kind of like we said, going in, it's a league full of, of it's a deep league. They got, there's a lot of good teams. We'll figure out if Purdue's truly elite. I, I still question that, but they're, I mean, they got a dominant big man and everything and they're consistent. Keeps, they're consistent. We kind of keep circling back to that. And I, I do think that that Rutgers, obviously at home, it's always going to be a a crazy challenge to go win at the rack. And and they got some some vets that you trust and play good defense and everything. And they they've deserved that solidified number two hole. All right, Derek, I'm throwing a grenade in here. Woo, Poppy. This team could have really used Brandon Pods. Oh, man, give me your Pajemski take. Great year at Santa Clara. Awesome year. I'll be honest. I haven't. I haven't seen much of him playing at Santa Clara. I haven't seen it so with my own eyes. So I can't sit here. I know that a lot of people are just probably out there that are saying the whole, you know, Illinois is dumb for letting Pods go or whatever it was. Um, probably just box score watching. Uh, I think that he's a guy that look at this guy. Look at look at that hair. Look at that. Eighteen points per game. Eight it's rebounds. Some pretty per numbers, game. man. It's some great yeah. numbers. I, I was looking through for our, my mailbag, looking at the ESPN top one hundred draft prospects to see, you know, where's Shannon, where's Hawkins, <laughs> has Meyer cracked? Meyer is not in the top one hundred, but Brandon Podjemski is, which is crazy. Yes. I mean, which is which is wild. So um, I'm happy for him. I think the the circumstances are totally different when he's here. Obviously, the, the level of competition. Now it's not like the the lower level of D one like the West Coast Conference with Gonzaga with the, you know with some of those teams out there with uh, St Mary's and whatnot. But the volume of shots he's taken is a lot. I know defensively his metrics aren't very good, so he, he's kind of just he's going into bucket getter mode, which is what he did in high school. Uh, he's getting a lot of shots here. He would not have been the star to, to be that right. type of guy. So. Number one, Illinois didn't run him off. Now, they didn't guarantee anything as far as role goes, that he was going to have to compete for everything that he got. They were bringing in Sincere. They were bringing in, obviously, Sky and Jaden. I never thought of Pods as a, as a pure point guard or anything. So he would have had to compete and have nothing guaranteed. Uh, did he get recruited over? Yeah, maybe you could say that. But um, there have been stretches where Illinois could use some more offensive punch. But for the yeah. most part, like, I – I don't think it's it's not, you know, apples to apples. Like, oh, he would be right. one of the top players in the Big Ten if he was here. I think it was perfect for him. I, I thought going to Santa Clara, I thought that was really smart for him. I, I think because you're seeing it. He's getting a lot of usage, and he can get buckets. He wouldn't have played that role on this team, right? He would have been more in the, the R.J. Melendez type of role, uh, in my opinion. Now, they could use a shooter. Like, I'd probably take Brandon Podjemski right now, especially after losing Sky Clark. Um, but – I don't think he's playing the same role. I don't think he's averaging 12 to 15 points at Illinois. Um, when I saw that he transferred to that level, and it's no like nothing against that level because he's really good basketball, especially in that conference, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, all that, Pepperdine. Um, but I just think that was a perfect fit for him. I was glad he did that instead of trying to another Power 5 program. And you're seeing it. Like, he's on draft alert now, so good for him. Uh, I would – think Matthew Meyer translates more to the NBA game would, at six nine yeah. and as a shooter. Um so um yeah that I think you hit it on the head with Brandon well, Yeah I mean and you're not gonna play through him at the NBA level either. So no. that, that's another thing you gotta consider. I, I think sincere this is why as, the transfer portal can be good. Yeah right? for sure. Yeah absolutely and, and sincere to be 
like when you have guys that are going to get high volume of shots, like Shannon and my, like you need someone that's going to be, yes, I don't need shots. I just want to go out there and play my absolute hardest, compete defensively and everything. I think sincere for what he's filled um, is exactly what Illinois needs. And, and Pods is in a situation that, that obviously fits him, like you said. Yeah, the, the, it's not a game of fantasy basketball, right, where you just plug these stats in and it all works that way. Like, it's it's different. I, and I think he found the perfect fit. I think Illinois is settled into its rotation where it's all working out. Toby, Coleman just absolutely covers up so much on defense, just unreal when he plays like that. Kind of what we hit on Derek. Like, I, I think he should be an all-defensive team guy. I just don't think he's played like it uh, so far this year. Like you said, Shannon – at times, danger. I felt that slipped mm-hmm. a little bit tonight just with some of the effort. But um, we can see how good this team can be is, is when Coleman hits his stride defensively. And thinking coming up, Tyler Wall matchup and then Chris Murray coming up the next two weekends. I mean, I think Coleman's going to be huge in those battles. Yeah. Um, let's see. St. Dominic, I don't get the whole – I got to go to the NBA. I think Kofi should have come back. You got NIL money now. So what's the rush to go to the NBA only to be relegated to the G League? I don't get it. It's their dream, right? Um, and, and Kofi was here for three years. I think you were fortunate you got three years out of him. You were fortunate you got three years out of Io. I do think a pitch would be that you can get better. Uh, and, and obviously Terrence Shannon coming back for another year of college, two more years of college even, uh, has been really, really good for his NBA draft stock. But if, if, if Coleman's told he's going to be a top 45 pick, which some people think he will be, Derek, and I think he's got a better chance if he continues to play like this, yeah, you go. Right? That's your that's your dream. That's what you're chasing. You're gonna get paid to play NBA basketball, even if it is at the G League for a little bit. Like they are paying to develop you. Right. Yeah. That, that's what he's ultimately looking for. And uh, when your stock gets to that kind of a level where you're gonna be a guaranteed draft pick or or yeah, if you feel like that's your evaluation and that's what they're telling you, it's it's hard to turn that down. And I, I don't think the NBA necessarily loves older guys. Like they they don't they kind of knock you for being, you know, like Matthew Shit, Meyer. We're, we're going to have that conversation with Shannon. Like the, yeah. he's going to get knocked because he's not 19 or 20. Yes. He's 23, going to be maybe 24 by the time yeah. he gets drafted. Now, some teams might like that. Chris Duarte was a lottery pick despite being 24, but you better be really good uh, if you're going to be a first-round pick and be 23, 24. Right. Yeah, Meyer's going to be 24 going into next year. So that that's kind of, I think, part of his evaluation to the next level too. And, I mean – does uh does Hawkins want to? Him and Brad have a, an interesting relationship. They do. I mean, I, mean, I think it's I been think, good for both of them. I think <laughs> it has been good for both, but I think there are moments where it's like they challenge each other. That's for sure. Does Coleman want to go through another <laughs> season of college? Um, and, I, do, I, and do they want to go to college for another year? Yeah, right. You know, when when there's NBA money potentially sitting right there, and let's be honest, an NBA lifestyle. Right. Like, yeah, that sounds pretty appealing to me. Right. I still think that, I mean, tonight, nationally televised game, NBA eyes on it was a huge night for Coleman. I think in general, I don't think his status, and I'm, I'm no draft expert, but just kind of watching him closely at what we've seen of late, I don't know that his status as a for sure draft pick is, is guaranteed, but he can definitely make it so as, as he plays yeah. out the rest of this stretch. Yeah, I get it. Like, if you're just a college fan, you're like, this guy doesn't even dominate college. Why is he going to be a draft pick? If you watch the NBA, there are a lot of guys like Coleman Hawkins. Right. Like it just, how does he fit their role? How does he do that? Playing defense, being a good passer, rebounding, and occasionally hitting threes. Like that is yeah. so in demand uh, in the league. And if he can just be a little more steady, because the problem yes. with him is like 
he can be really good or he can be disastrous. Yes. I don't think NBA teams wants to want to be like, we could throw him out there and he could defend really well and do what we want, or he could just completely unravel and turn it over four times and just not, you know, be a, a zero for us. There's the Curbelo part of his game, right? If he can that get rid of that, then I think he, he answers the questions of can he, can he be that draft pick. All right, Derek, I think we'll wrap up with this one unless I see a really good one. Travis said, I'm curious to hear Piper or Werner's thoughts on seemingly lack of close games for Illinois so far this season. Something that could hurt them come March. You brought this up, Derek. So It's um... weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know. The Big Ten is supposed to be, you know, one, two possession games. Uh, that you, you go into the, the under four media and it's tense and everybody's wondering which way they think this thing's going to go no matter what happened in the first – trying to do my math on the fly, 36. Uh, yeah, the fact that outside of Texas was really the last nail-biter they had, and that was early December. I mean, I think they've only – I know Michigan State was like a nine-point game, but that thing was in hand for the most part down the stretch. Uh, there haven't been very many, especially since that Texas game. So this team, when they're good, they they win convincingly. When they're bad, they, they get blown out essentially. So that's yeah. – it's kind of the weird part of it. I don't, I can't explain it, but I, I agree with you. I think not in that it's going to hurt them. I'm just really curious what this team's going to look like when they finally get back into one of those games where you got to drop a play to make a shot. Like when you haven't been in those, those, those games, then you wonder what the execution is like, what kind of the, the composure and just how this team responds when you haven't been in very many of those situations recently or any of them. Toby. Derek saw a lot of white in your kicks tonight. What were we rocking? Uh, just some some Jordans, you know, some white Jordans. Just, just some Jordans. Just some Jordans. I don't know that like some people are bigger sneakerheads as far as like the, the name and everything. It's I needed some new white shoes. Uh, my other ones were getting too dirty. Uh, I, I I'd wore those things out, so just got some white Jordans. Nothing nothing crazy. Yeah, I I miss the sneaker thing. Like I don't mind shoes. Like I like having a nice array of shoes to choose from, like a white pair of tennis shoes or basketball shoes or whatever um but yeah i'm not i'm not the sneakerhead either you would definitely be more so than me yeah but we're both white males in our 30s yeah you're right no i don't spend too much time thinking about it i like shoes but i you know i I don't i don't spend too much time thinking about it all right Derek piper thank you buddy thank you to everyone listening uh live on our youtube page watching us there we like to add uh some things whether it's brad underwood clips we're going to keep adding to this uh but great conversation as always uh we appreciate you guys give us a like if you're watching this whenever you watch this give us a like subscribe to us follow us and you should get alerts whenever we go live on this as well uh thank you for listening to the podcast uh on demand there give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcasts everybody have a great day check out all the content coming to line inquire Derek um Joey caught up with Amani Hansbury who was here the, the top 50 uh signee he's right. uh he's was here tonight so Joey caught up with him asked Brad Underwood about him and oh Brad did mention Nico Moretti just arrived on campus right before the game so uh his words were that he's gonna get a physical and then he's gonna get Fletch I thought that was a really good quote from Brad that sounds fun <laughs> so uh Nico Moretti here with Illinois not expected to play but thank you all for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.
CBS Tonight, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.